Reno, Reno, BJ, 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 from according to Afia, also co-host of Three Birds of Plant Podcast. What's going on with you? Hello, Tremaine. Thank you for having me on. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing well. So it's draft week. The name of this podcast will probably be Draft Day. <laughs> As you can see, I'm dressed with my, my Eagles jersey on. Um, off mic, Afia and I were just talking about how this is actually my first time with the Eagles green back on. Well, not the Eagles green, but I've been wearing it inside out as a silent protest. Um, for the record, I am still not happy with the team or the organization, but I'm just trying to be festive. I'm trying to get into the mood. Um, I actually enjoy the draft. How, how, how do you feel about the draft? Oh, this is our holiday. Are you right. kidding me? For, 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 for real sports fans who actually enjoy football and not just rooting for your team, you should enjoy the nature of the draft. There's intrigue. There's drama. There's always somebody you didn't expect to fall falling. You know, there's always a, a, a crazy pit going on. So the, the three days are the best. Um, I actually went to the draft that was in Philly. Like, I was living in Philly at the time in 2017, and I got an invitation to go f- to, to be there. And it was amazing. It's beautiful. So, so if you're a fan and you want to get into the game, definitely the draft is a good place to start. Yeah, I was there as well, as long, mm-hmm. along with like what two million other people. And I didn't get right? invited. I was, you know, somewhere in the crowd to see the sea of people. But no, that, that that was a good time. Um, and it's funny, the NFL know how to make money. They didn't took this draft and turn it into a Thursday prime time uh, situation. So, Athea and I are coming coming together on a Tuesday afternoon uh, before the draft. And like I said, the NFL didn't turn this thing into like a primetime event. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. I'm definitely looking forward to this conversation. Every time you and I hook up is always a good time. But before we start, um, what's up with According to Afia? Where can they find that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for asking. So uh, my name is Afia, and I have a blog called According to Afia. It is a mental health and sports blog. Um, as Tremaine knows, in my personal life, I work in the mental health field, and I've noticed that in sports, we sometimes forget how important it is to be mentally well and to be mentally strong. We can even talk about a certain player of ours that is struggling with that right now and how fans have reacted. Um, so I created a blog, cultivated a blog to kind of address that issue and sort of um, deconstruct stigmas around mental health, black mental health. That's a really big importance to me and in sports mental health. So if you really enjoy any of those three, please check out my blog, According to Afia. And as Tremaine knows, I also run a uh, podcast with two other friends called Three Birds and a Punt. You could also find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and Anchor. Um, and when we just... Talk shit on the Eagles every every week. Pretty much. <laughs> and that's why I like coming on your show. It's one subject. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about these Eagles and see what's going on. All right. So this ain't Rocket Times for episode 75. As always, I always want to kick this show off on a positive note. Mm-hmm. So, Fia, come on. Let, let's get it started. I need you to give me something positive about Howie Roseman's draft history. Give me something positive. <laughs> let's get this. You asking for that's a That's a heavy lift, bro, on a Tuesday? Come on, let's be positive. Let's be positive. Give me something positive. Not just his draft history, but let's just say his top picks. Like his top, his number one picks on draft day. Okay, 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 okay. Let me, let me, let me see if I can be positive today and and say something positive about Howard Roseman. Um, I, I, you know what? I had a tweet out today. Howard Roseman is very good at late 
later round picks. He's able to sort of get these low quality, you know, we wouldn't call them great starters. We call them good starters for the value of the pick is, is pretty astronomical. I'm thinking about Jalen Mills in particular, a seven round pick, right? We no one really expected uh, Jalen Mills to really do anything, and he was on the Super Bowl winning team. So you can't fault that. He got himself a good contract out there with the Patriots when he finally hit free agency, and he has done everything the Eagles asked him to. He was a consummate uh, team player when he was with us. So, so that's a good draft. I can always, I can always say, okay, I will never not say thank you, Howie, for doing what you did to to go up to the draft and get Carson because without Carson, we do not win our first Super Bowl. And I don't care how many uh, Eagles players want to re... I mean, Eagles fans want to rewrite history because they hate the guy and they're so mad that he couldn't stand Howie. He left blah, blah, blah. I don't give a shit. I don't care. We do not win the Super Bowl without Carson Wentz. And that does not happen also without Howard Roseman. So... Those are the two positive things I can say. All right. All right. Good thing Whip wasn't on the show. Whip. Oh, my God, bro. If Whip was here, he'd be like, no, Steph. What the fuck is that? All right. So, so let's get into it. I, I want to I start before we get into the Eagles. I kind of want to start with a broader approach about the whole NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so where do you see – so we all know top pick, Jacksonville Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence. How do you see him projecting in the NFL, particularly for Jacksonville? That's a really interesting question. Um, recently, I've been seeing a lot of like videos and um, and segments on the idea that uh, most of the quarterbacks taken in the common football era don't actually last that long with the original team that drafted them. And of course, we have Jared Goff and Carson Wentz as your most recent examples of, of players who kind of you know get into that second contract, but it doesn't work out, and then you know they're gone. So when I look at uh, Trevor Lawrence, I'm sh- kind of struck actually by the interview that he did with sports illustrated that kind of started a whole fever over his like desire to play. Right. It was like, he's like, I could walk away tomorrow and I'm good, you know? And people was like, the fuck, <laughs> what does that mean? You know? And I, and I read it and I kind of, took it and I got the nuances of it. And he was like, basically football doesn't define me. I am not defined by football. And I think that's healthy. I think that's important. You know, I think when you have players that are overly defined by one aspect, it can consume them and they can be too high or too low based on something that is maybe outside of their control. I think of Andrew Luck, you know, in particular, who he himself told us that he was so consumed by football that he wasn't able to create an identity without it when he was injured, you know, and that created a lot of issues and he had to sort of reconstruct his whole lifestyle. And that was what caused him to walk away when he felt like, like, I just, I can't do another injury rehab. Um, So I think Trevor Lawrence has, the potential to be a generation, like they say, they call him a generational player. I think Mm -hmm. he does have the potential to be that. Um, But I also do think that you guys should be mindful. This man is here to get his coins and do what he needs to do. I see all the endorsements he getting. So he Mm -hmm. wants to get his coins, do what he needs to do. And Super Bowl or not, when he's done, he's done. Maybe that works for these Jacksonville fans. We going to see. Right. So I, I got pretty much two comments of, of what you said. The first was, um, I kind of feel like that's an old school mindset where, Hey, I want you about football, all about football. Mm-hmm. I got about football. Nowadays, the new generation of athletes, they do more, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, I played basketball in, in high school and college. And it was when I was coming up, you pick a sport, you play one sport, mm-hmm. you pick a thing, you play one thing. So I kind of feel like him being a new generation of athlete, they do have more interest. They are, mm-hmm. they are exposed to more things. 
So me personally, I didn't see anything wrong with him saying, you know, I have other interests. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he had other interests in high school. He had other interests in college. And he was still able to maintain, um, you know, a high level of play. And I feel like um, if he don't do well in the NFL, people will say, well, that's because he likes ballerinas. That's because mm-hmm. he likes jazz. That's because he. So I don't think it was smart for him to say it, but I had no problem with what he said. I, and also, I respect an athlete who tells the truth and don't right. just give you. Absolutely. Um, that is not bothered by other people's opinions. Yeah. Because Andrew Luck, he was the king of I'm going to just give you a corporate answer and let you um, just give you the answer. Give you the answer. Want to hear another right. thing I want to I want to say, because you mentioned about how a lot of quarterbacks don't do well with the first team they're with. And I want to ask you about this. Don't you think it's more system and fit? I mean, normally the top quarterback is going to the worst team in the league. That's mm-hmm. why you're the yep. top quarterback. Yep. So how do you feel about that? So when we project Trevor Lawrence, I don't care how good you are at football. I say it all the time. It's a team sport. But you're going to the Jacksonville Jaguars, my man. So <laughs> that's why I ask you, how do you see him projecting because of the, the fit? He mm-hmm. has uh, Urban Meyer as his head coach, mm-hmm. a rookie mm-hmm. head coach. So mm-hmm. how do you see him projecting? Not just the season, but moving forward. Um, I honestly... Okay, so him as a person, him as a player, I think he is probably well equipped for the environment he's going into because from his, I don't know, from the time he was in maybe junior league football, they kind of had him build as a star. So he's always kind of come into programs and kind of, you know, lifted uh, all, you know, a tide lifts all bolts, so, so to speak. So, so I think in that aspect, it might go well initially, but also he's never consistently lost. Like he's never really like I think his 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 college football record is is ungodly. It's unheard of. Right. Like only right. two losses, I believe. So, yeah, so for him to go from that to a constant winning nature to the Jacksonville Jacks, which I'm sorry, I'm sorry to say it's going to be a shit show. Urban Meyer is the head honcho, even though the over top the GM. Okay. Urban Meyer is ahead of the GM. So he's picking all the players. He's choosing all this and third. I know people like him in college, but college is not the NFL. We have how many college football coaches have come to the NFL and crashed and Earned, and I couldn't see the same thing happen to Urban Meyer because also didn't he also have some thing in the background with his interpersonals or how he handles coaching and kind of you know what I mean? So he tried to bring on a racist coach. He tried to bring on a racist coach. There's some there's some things in the in the and 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 to your point, like it's to me, it's always always about fit and scheme always with the player because we project players are athletes. Okay. You're not going to tell me that a person's going to get to an organization and all of a sudden forget how to be an athlete. It just, it just does not happen. They don't go 21 years doing a sport and then forget how to be. No, the, the system, the scheme comes in and overrides their, their athletic abilities. So it would be interesting to see what scheme they'll have in Jacksonville. Um, I know that um, when they were like, that one second away from going to the playoffs over Tom Brady, that was their zenith. That was when they were at their height and they've been chasing that high ever since. So I, I think when you're chasing a high, you it's going to be nothing but crash. Now when I think about it, they fell apart the same way the Eagles did, except we actually won a Super Bowl that year. <laughs> correct. Correct. You know, one thing about Trevor Lawrence, like you said, I mean, I've had eyes on him literally since he was in high school. Mm-hmm. So he, he's been a known product. We've seen this coming. He'll be the number one overall draft pick which is the total opposite of this kid that's projected to go number two, mm-hmm. Zach Wilson. How do you feel about him first as a player? How do you see him? Yeah, how, how do you see him projecting in the NFL, especially for the Jets? Same situation. Nobody has been able to, to, to turn the Jets around. Um, 
Yeah, how do you see him projected? Um, first of all, for those who don't know, who don't follow me, uh, I am a Justin Fields stan account. Okay, I need to preference whatever my comments on Zach Wilson has to be preference from the fact that I am a so Justin Fields stan account. I, I don't want to cut you off. But I was going to get to him jumping. Okay. Just yeah, I know. I just, just for me, just for me, I can't, I can't talk Wilson without mentioning the fact that I think it's exactly. bullshit that exactly. Wilson is too above Justin Fields. Okay, so right. so stick it to Wilson. Um, I think that it is very interesting to me how quickly certain quarterbacks who don't necessarily have a pedigree get compared to mother to people with pedigrees. Who are they compared to? You know what I'm talking about? Because he went to BYU, all of a sudden he's the next Steve Young. (laughs) Okay. Okay, Jets. Roll the dice. I've been hearing Mahomes. I thought you were going to say Mahomes. Oh, no, 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 no. What I was hearing is what I get a lot of comparisons for him is, is Steve Young because Steve Young was a BYU uh, right. quarterback. So they're like, well, you know, I don't, I don't, is it division one, division two, small no, school, one. whatever, right? Small yeah. school. And it came up and he was able to be, you know, so electric. So of course the assumption I guess is, is because Steve Young do it. Zach Wilson could do it, I guess. And and then they and then they have all these profiles of him, you know, going out to California and doing DoorDash to pay for his uh, training, as if that again, I, I, you are trying to feel good me into believing this guy is going to be able to be the guy, and and maybe that will work for Jets fans, but um, I I'm definitely a little bit cautious because I feel like. Joe Douglas, who's the GM for the Jets, was the personnel director of player personnel for the Eagles when we chose Carson Wentz. So I'm thinking the same sort of dynamic, sort of small school, big, big fish in a small pond going to a hypersensitive media market that is crazy, crazy, crazy about their football. Um, it's going to be interesting for the kid. And I, I, I think, again, I, um, it's a quarterback league. We have outside expects outsized expectations for quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, Wilson was probably like fourth, fourth QB for me, if I'm going to be completely honest. But he's right. going to be the second one taken. That's crazy. That's crazy how that works. So mm-hmm. I'm so I'm with you. I've been Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields forever. I've liked Justin Fields ever since seeing him on that Netflix show. I think yes, QB one. Correct. Right. So how, how do you feel about? All right, so number we can go to number three. Number three, we got they're saying going to be Mac Jones. So my question mm-hmm. to you is, how do you feel about Mac Jones and Zach Wilson jumping Justin Fields? Do you think it's race related? Do you think it's politics? Because I, I I just can't see how. It's it's absolutely race racially related. Absolutely, there's no doubt in my mind that you have. Okay, I know the rap on Ohio State quarterbacks. Let me just preface that. Okay, I understand that there is a a stigma attached to Ohio state quarterbacks, but wouldn't you say the same stigma applies to Alabama quarterbacks and some other effort from BYU. Who's only ever had one other player do well and, and has a name to fame. So to me, the fact that they use that as some type of signifier that he's automatically going to be bad. Doesn't, 
even make any sense to me. And that's why I think it's a, it's a race thing. And, and to your point about Mac Jones, a uh, part of me, part of me hopes and prays that the 49ers are just effing with us, right? That the red herring is Mac Jones and everybody thinks he's going to pick Mac. They're going to pick Mac Jones, but then they're going to swoop in and do Justin Fields or trade trade Lance like they should, because, uh, what does Mac Jones give to Kyle Shanahan that Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't, that that C.J. Berthold didn't, that Nick Mullins didn't? Honestly, t- 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 I just don't see what, what the upgrade is. Why would you? You could have had Mac Jones at um, 6, 12, whatever the fuck you was at originally. Why are you jumping up to 3 for Mac Jones? I, I, it makes no sense to me. It's actually really upsetting too because he has some off the field issues. Mac Jones that never gets this. Mac uh, Mac Jones. He, has, he had two DUIs. I'm gonna call yeah. it okay. And and yet and you see you don't know that you see and yet and yet this man is out here talking about you know he's so good this that and third and they're questioning. It always comes down to um, we don't know how well Justin Fields processes right. It's always always when they talk black quarterbacks, they always talk about mental mental acuity. Can they right. process this speed of game? Even though on more than fifty percent of his throws, he was throwing to his second or third read. Right? There's mm-hmm. still the narrative is, oh, how quickly can he mentally process the game? His arm strength is out of this world, but oh, he doesn't have the accuracy to to do it. He's a warrior in the gym. Oh, we question his work ethic. We question his ability to to stay on the field. This man broke his ribs in the champion playoff game and came back. And y'all questioning his makeup? Y'all questioning his mental fortitude? Come on, you gotta tell me. It, it has to be race. It has to be. That's my thing. Is I kind of feel like on the field, what what more could Justin Fields have done? He even beat Trevor Lawrence um, in the playoffs. And also, I agree with you about Mac Jones, where it's like super generic. He'll, he'll run the offense. That's what they keep saying. Exactly. So you can plug and play. You can plug and play any mofo. And and Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan made Kirk Cousins look like a top five QB. You can really make anybody look good in a Kyle Shanahan style offense. So you're really gonna tell me they moved up all that draft capital for Mac Jones? That's what I'm saying. It's tough for me to believe. Like like Mac Jones, like I said, super generic. He'll run the offense, but to be honest, in Alabama, I can run the offense. We got we got fucking five blue chips in front of me. We got the best wide receivers. I mean, who, who I just said it was a team sport. Right. <laughs> I'll run that team. Man, Tua was looking good at Alabama. <laughs> and running. how does he look now with the Dolphins? <laughs> I'm just saying. And 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 a little Jalen Hurts, too. Wasn't he looking good at Alabama? Right, right. So just to finish up um on some of the top picks. What would you? We 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 both probably like, like like we said. We said uh, Mac Jones maybe. Um, like you said, even Trey Trey Lance, whatever his name is, might might jump up up there. What would you like to see happen for Justin Fields? Would you like to see the, the Patriots trade down? I'm mean, trade up possibly and grab him, or what would you like to see happen? In an ideal world, I'd like to see the Eagles pick him up. I'm not even gonna hold you. In an ideal world, like I, I that would be my that would make my night. Okay, if the Eagles somehow was able to get Justin Fields, I don't know how, I don't know where. I understand that it's most likely not happening, but that would make my day. 
just for the utter chaos that it would cause in Eagles world. Um, but yeah, I can see a situation because we have a couple of quarterback needy teams. We got the Denver Broncos. We've got the Patriots. Um, I'm trying to think. I know the Panthers already got Sam Darnold, so they're kind of set for a little bit. I know the Falcons are, you know, they, they it's too prohibitive to do anything with Matty Ice's contract right now. They're locked in on 50 million cap hit <clears> for <throat> the next two years. So like they have to just deal. Um, I know the Lions picked up Jared Goff, but honestly, I don't know how much they, I mean, they invested a little bit in the guy, so I guess they got to give him a season. So, so yeah, I think the Patriots have to leapfrog the Denver Broncos, right? Cause right now the Denver Broncos only have Drew Locke on the roster. He's already, you've already seen two seasons out of him. He's Word. not your franchise QB. Um, so, so I could see a situation where, where the Patriots would like that, but they're not jumping up into the top five for, for Justin Fields. You know what I mean? No, no. I just, I, Bill is not going to pay that much money for, for a QB. Um, not with history and six round pick Tom Brady dancing in his, in his head. So um, it's, it'll probably come down to maybe the Broncos and depending on what the Patriots end up doing. Right. Yeah. The only way, like I said, the only way he would probably slide is if like, you got also in between those quarterbacks, we didn't really get into it, but you got to sprinkle in Kyle Pitts, uh, mm-hmm. Jamar Chase, mm-hmm. um, what Devon? No, not Devon. He's not that high. Matter of fact, let me uh, give Pe- it. Sowell, yeah. Um, yeah. the the uh, maybe yeah. maybe even one of the one of the cornerbacks, quarterbacks, cornerbacks. Excuse Certain uh, yeah. from uh, yeah, Certain uh, maybe Horn. Where where are you at when it comes to Waddle and Devonte? Uh, two wide receivers from Alabama, teammates, good guys. Uh, which one would you prefer? Just in general, not for a specific team, but in general, what would you prefer? Waddle in general, or? I probably prefer the Heisman Trophy winner. I'm not even gonna hold you. I'm, I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, historically, Heisman Trophy winners go on to do really well. Like, I, 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 I caveat that because I know some quarterbacks have good this, good that, but most likely, you know, if you are a Heisman Trophy winner, you're gonna be an impact player in the league. Um, so, so I'd probably go with, to me, the, the, the weight is not a concern. Um, what would be interesting to make sure is that, can he get off press? That's what I want to know. Can Mm -hmm. he get off press and can he add weight? Those are my two big considerations without sacrificing his speed. Um, and, and that is nutrition. You know, most, most wide receivers come in a little bit under and you kind of got to get them bulked up same thing with old linemen you know you kind of get a got to get them bulked up to play the position at the nfl level and i'm totally fine with that um i think that that would be a home run hit if we were at six we could have gotten one of them and in the home run hit at 12 we're probably more likely for waddle which would be good too he he's fine um I honestly think it's a bit of a waste of resources to continually waste the first round pick on wide receiver, not waste, but use a first round pick on wide receivers when we already have Jalen Rager, we already have JJ Ortega Whiteside, we already have, but that's Howie, you know? So Right, right. All right, so let's get into it. So at 12, you're Philadelphia Eagles, okay? But before we get into what you would like to see them do, I mean, mm-hmm. what you think they'll do, which are two mm-hmm. separate things. Correct, um, correct. You mentioned you would like to see Justin Fields coming to you. So I got to ask, how do you feel about current QB1, even though they didn't ordain him as such, Jalen Hurts? How do you feel about Hurts? Um, <clears throat> all right. So I have to split up my assessment of Hurts because I know when I talk about Hurts, people only hear one and they don't hear the other. I like the kid. 
Okay? I like the person. He has great intangibles. He is, he seems to have the right mentality for Philadelphia and sort of just a workers, grinders. I'm going to, I'm going to outwork you. And that's how I'm going to prove my worth. He seems to have a good way of um, bringing the players together and making them feel connected to him. The young guys are gravitating to him. So, so those are all good things. So those are all things that I, that I appreciate. Okay. But Okay, who should I believe you or my lying eyes? Because guess what? I understand football. I watch the game of football. I I see what I see. Okay, and when I look at Jalen on the field, okay, I see exactly what the Eagles see, which stops them from confirming overwhelmingly that he's their starter. Okay, I see a QB that tends to have one read and if that one read isn't there he takes off not like justin fields who actually processes a little bit but jalen has because he trusts his leg a little bit more than he trusts his arm or maybe due to the scheme or what was going on with him this year he last year he was just more prone to take off and not really go through his progressions i also noticed that for jalen he has um his ball. I understand where we all say his arm strength is is good, blah blah blah. But I've seen a couple of them throws that were just a little bit short, and you're they're hanging so long. You're like, that's not good, you know. So so I have some sincere quite sincere concerns about his ability to process uh, um, his escapability, which in the short term is great because you get great runs and that's always dynamic, but then the long term makes him more prone for injuries. I don't know how that hold up over a 16 game season. And then again, with his accuracy and arm placement, those are genuine concerns for me. Okay. So listen, so, but we're at 12 as of right now, and he's the quarterback along with, um, what's my man that just came from Joe Flacco. I said from Baltimore. He's been some rough between them. Yeah, Joe Flacco. Mm-hmm. So we got Joe Flacco. We got Jalen Hurts in the QB room. We, I appreciate your opinion on Jalen Hurts, but it looks like right now he's going to be our quarterback. So Correct. with that being said, what would you like to see the Eagles do with this draft? Me personally, if we didn't got rid of Carson Wentz mm-hmm. and our head coach, and now he's our quarterback, I would like to see us give him the best chance to succeed. Mm-hmm. which basically means at this point, build the franchise around him. Now I'm not mm-hmm. saying sell future as- assets. I mean, we've actually gained some, you know, next year, mm-hmm. extra first round pick and stuff like that. But I don't say just send the man out there because again, it's a team sport. It's a system. I keep saying it. I keep saying, it, I keep saying it. he's going to look bad. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to pick the young man out there, I say, let's build around him. Let, let, let's try to make him look good. Don't just send him out there. Just so next year you can say, well, told you it wouldn't work. Let's go grab a quarterback. Mm-hmm. So with all that being said, I don't really have a personal preference for the draft. I can get into that later in the conversation. What would you like to see them do? Would you like to see them stand behind him and try to make him look good or what? So uh, you bring up an interesting point um, about like what you would have wished they had, you know, put the resources into Jalen. And to, to that, I would say to me, if they had a, if they had faith in Jalen, if they had confidence in his ability to kind of cement himself as the franchise starter, they wouldn't have moved back from 6 to 12 because there's a huge difference. We can't deny there's a huge difference between the 6th pick and the 12th pick. And I know that there have been reports that how he's trying to climb back into the top 10. You know, he really needs to get ahead of the Giants and the and the Cowboys because if they pick a player that the Eagles fans had on their mind, the the way that the fans will heads will explode will just it just how he needs to to leapfrog them guys. So I know he's like 
calling and trying and, and making sure for, for whichever player they're, they're trying to get. But in, in my estimation, what, what they decided on doing, and honestly, it's, it's probably what a lot of teams are excited to do is say this draft 2021 is a bit of a crapshoot because of COVID, you know, there wasn't um, the combine. They didn't get the medical invitations the, the, you know, they didn't, they didn't get as much information as they usually get when they're making these picks. So <clears throat> more than ever, they're going to be really just shooting fish in a barrel. So the Eagles are making an an estimation of this year isn't our year. This year is an evaluation year of the team currently that we have. We're going to be, we're going to be um, um, infusing the, the roster with young players. We have 11 picks this draft, nine picks in 2022. We'll probably end up with more than nine picks in 2022. I think, honestly, they're gearing up to say that 2022 is our shoot for the moon year like we're taking off in that so right. so to me I, I don't have too much i don't have too much energy invested in this season because i don't feel like the eagles have too much energy invested in the season um specifically when it comes to the 12th pick there's I, like you said there's what i'd like uh, us them to do and that's what what i think the eagles would do what i'd like the Eagles to do is pick an impact player that is going to go on the field. And as you say, help Jalen immediately. So that would be either a wide receiver or a cornerback because our defense is pretty mid and Darius Slay has nobody over there on the other side to help him. And we're facing premier wide receivers in from the Washington football team, the Dallas Cowboys and okay. You can say the giants. So we really have to get ourselves an elite, quarterback to cornerback to lock down the position for 10 years so i would really like to see uh either horn or patrick certain if we're doing defense and then if offense I'd, I'd like to see waddle and maybe if the smith is there take smith okay that's what i'd like to see what will happen what will happen to feed <laughs> well, what will happen when howie roseman is running the draft is he's going to look down the list and be like Let's take an old lineman. And 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 let me tell you, there's two old linemen that he's gonna be salivating over. It's gonna be Penne Salwell and that Slater guy. And so if any of them, because the impact players are taken off the board and they're kind of dropping a little bit, he's he's gonna trade up to get an old lineman. And we should just be so lucky that the that the D line group, the DNs and the D tackles are so weak that he would be run out of NovaCare if he picked um, that that guy from Michigan at 12. Um, Brandon Graham 2.0, they were calling him on the radio this morning. Okay, listen, Fletcher Cox was the 12th round, was was the 12th pick in the draft in 2011, 2012. Mm-hmm. So, so, so I just think that you guys have to understand how the Eagles like to draft. They like to build in along the lines. You know, they still have the same mentality that Andy Reid gave them back in the day, which is basically I need a quarterback, I need an O-line, a D-line, um, two corners, and a wide receiver, and I'll figure out the rest later. So, so that's pretty much what they're thinking. And honestly, O-alignment is a bit of an underrated need. You saw how badly our season went when three-fifths three of the, of the O-line went down. Um, we can't really rely on Andre Dillard. We don't. We, we, we just we just don't know. Jordan Malata, I love the kid, but he we we honestly we just don't know. You you need a blue chip player. Um, so so I could see where I would be talked into an O lineman, but I would fight Howie Roseman if he picks that DE from Michigan. I will fight him. 
Yeah, so my thing is, it's like we got so many positions that need help. I don't care what they do. Mm-hmm. Just whatever they pick. I don't care if they pick a kicker. Whatever they pick, go on the field this year and help the team. Right. That's all I'm looking for. That's all I'm asking for. That's a really good point. Um, like, When's the like, last player, what's the last first-round pick that we had that actually went out and made an immediate impact on the field? Lane Johnson. <laughs> Lane Johnson, okay. I'll say Carson. Well, well yeah, I didn't want to see Carson. But because yeah, but no, but yeah, outside of the QB position, you're right. It, it, it would be Lane Johnson. And that's, what, 2013? So that's eight years ago. The thing about this, who can't? It's, it's hard to miss when you pick a number two. <laughs> like, so Carson and Lane. Very I true. So even if you go before Lane and Carson, it might be Fletcher. Yeah. Fletcher I think yeah, it, yeah, but even Fletcher came. Fletcher came before Lane. So we're thinking, we're thinking Howie had Howie Roseman. I, I just saw a stat the other day that said how since Howie Roseman has gotten back into power, he's picked like thirty six players in the NFL draft, and only two of them have made it um, a full sixteen game season: Isaac Samuahu and Carson Wentz. That's it. So that's really letting you know that he's he the players he's picked since he's gotten back from his exile have actually haven't actually done very well, and it's actually been the veterans and the free agency halls that have been really elevating the team, and right. and that's why the team has been performing so badly these last three years because when veterans get old they get hurt, and when free agents get old they're not as effective. But your youth movement, which is supposed to be helping you continue to maintain your excellency is it good because Howie Roseman is a terrible terrible at the draft and not only is he terrible at the draft he allows Jeffrey Lurie to have way too much say in some of the players being chosen for analytical reasons or interpersonal reasons or feel-good story reasons that have nothing to do with the dollars and cents and the value and the acquisition of the actual NFL draft Right. So that's actually one of the positive things I would say about Howie Roseman is about how he does late, how he does like yeah, late in the draft mm-hmm. or doing free agents or maybe making some trades. Mm-hmm. I always felt like if he mixed that part of his game in with drafting, you ain't got to be the greatest drafter because at the end of the day, we're full of Eagles fans. So we harp on what happened with the Eagles. But all these teams be blowing their first round picks. It's true. It's true. But, but just not as bad. So I always mm-hmm. felt like he, if he was just picked a little bit better in the first round, Along with what he does in later rounds, I kind of feel like we'd be in a better place. <laughs> the whole yeah. team wouldn't be 32 and older. <laughs> like, right. I, I think it's just genuinely like he he tends to, I think, pit departments against each other rather than making it a collaborative. Like they say, they're always preaching how collaborative things are at the NovaCare. And that's how you know they're selling you a bunch of BS. Okay. Whenever they tell you, I'm telling you right now, as an Eagles fan, I have been an Eagles fan since 2004. I have gone through Andy. I've gone through Chip. I've gone through Doug. And now we're here with Mr. Seriani. Whenever they tell you that the collaboration process is good, they're lying to your face. There, there's factions and there's a silo, a siloing of information, and then you get onto the draft, and then it's a complaint. And that's why you you can tell you can tell in our drafts where we are following a board and where we are just picking like like throwing darts. Okay, you you can see, um, and so I think 
that ultimately is Howie Roseman's responsibility. And that's where he fails. He fails at consolidating the best information and then, and then ultimately taking responsibility for the choices he makes. Like for instance, in that last um, press conference, he threw the old coaching staff because he could under the bus with the Jalen Rager pick. Right. And he was like, well, when it came to the pick at 21, it, it was down to coaching and, and scouting. And I, I went with coaching because it's all about what the coach wants and coaches fit and blah, blah, blah. Right. You got Andy Waddle right there, head of the, the scouting department, him and his guys have worked all year. This is their Super Bowl. Okay. The Super Bowl is not the big game for them. The draft's the big game for them. And you got this mother howie who comes in maybe two weeks before the draft with a with a big 50 board saying no this these are the guys that we're, we're gonna come in i would be so insulted that my work is so invalidated like that you know so i really feel for the scouting department of the the eagles organization because they are trying their best to get us really good philadelphia eagles it's not their fault that howie jeffrey and the analytic department come in and say no we're really looking for this that and the third and coaching is why we're going to go with this pick. They use coaching as a shield for their own um, agenda, in my opinion. Right. So, I mean, the thing you, you mentioned, what you said, well, you think Howie lets Jeff have too much impact on a draft. See, the problem is it's the opposite way. It's the opposite way around. Jeffrey Lurie got to tell himself to sit the hell down, you know, because he's the boss. But whatever they're doing in there is definitely not working out correctly. And, um, just the whole organization isn't organized. And that's why mm-hmm. I've been, like I said, silently protesting and just been so disgusted with this team. I just feel like everything is, is out of sorts. It has been out of sorts. But as we all know, the draft is really like day one. It's like the mm-hmm. beginning of the, the, the new year. Yep. And, um, first like start. The first start. It's the first start. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to get myself together and get my move right. And at the very least, I want to, um, just enjoy the night. You know, mm-hmm. I can't let Sirianni. Because, again, you and I have spoken on different occasions, uh, whether it be Clubhouse or whether it be your podcast of Three Birds and a Punt. I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling due uh, at all. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to harp on it. I don't want to keep saying it. But every time he's on my TV screen, on my timeline, it's always something. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the world is just laughing at us. Right. Uh, he, he comes out with the, the paper, rock, scissors situation. Right. I'm cool with that. I like paper, rock, and scissors. Right. But I want to tell everybody that's what I rely on if I'm making an important decision. Right. If we're doing dinner, if we're picking a restaurant, we can shoot it out. Right. But that's just like saying, ah, he's on life support. Come on. Right. Like, it's serious business. The draft is serious business. I understand. You know what? I'm 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 not even gonna hold you. I I definitely have come a little bit closer to appreciating Nick Sirianni only because only because when you pair him next to Howie Roseman and and how like Howie Roseman is always selling. He's always trying to maneuver himself into the best possible light. And Nick Sirianni is just himself. He is a hundred percent authentically himself. And I actually am appreciative of that. It seems like a breath of fresh air over the way kind of Doug used to kind of have this sort of tension with the media, almost a, uh, you, he understood he needed it, but he had a bit of a disdain for the practice, you know, sort of kind of how chip sort of felt with the media too, but his was more open and Doug's was a little bit like belief the surface. And I don't kind of like that. You know, I, I like the fact that the same Nick Sirianni we're seeing is the same Nick Sirianni. The players are going to see whether the players connect with that. That's a totally different story. I mean, he's got a very good pedigree in the, in, in the NFL. So I, I can't, 
denying that he, 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 he makes an impact, but as a head coach, it's a sort of different type of business. Is he going to be a CEO head coach or is he going to be a, a grinder hard nose head coach? My biggest emphasis for Nick Sirianni, honestly, is going to be not even so much of how he presents to us, but what is he doing inside? Because, because this is me understanding that Doug used to present to the public kind of very well, right? We had nicknames for him. Dougie P did this guy, that guy. We really liked him, but internally he wasn't good at authority. He wasn't, he wasn't capable of maintaining his authority. He didn't coach his coaches. He didn't coach the players and you could tell that they weren't developing in the way that they need to from everything that I've heard from Nick Sirianni. He's a complete 180 in that aspect. He is a hard nosed. Hey, why isn't this why haven't we gotten more out of this player? Hey, why aren't you doing better? This he's coaching his coaches. He is making sure that they are fine tuning and dialing in on the details that matter in order to impact talent. So in that sense, um, I am pleased about that. And to your point, the rock, paper, scissors thing, I know it kind of got lost in translation, but really what he was trying to say is in this zoom format, we don't have the same, um, uh, tools to 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 test competitive nature but if you're a competitive person it doesn't matter what game we're playing we could be even playing i did rock paper scissors with them that was my thing because to me i'm a competitive guy i just thought something simple other coaches chose more um higher functioning level tests for these players but for me it was just a very simple game i just wanted to see are you gonna get mad if you lose are you gonna get competitive and i understand that to to a certain point you know because he had his whole criteria and one of his criteria is how competitive people uh, the players are right. and so he's a competitive guy i can definitely understand that if we don't draft players with the same intensity as him they're going to be run down by his energy no i feel that 100 every time i talk to you and every time we connect i do feel like you sell me more, more, and more on that guy. I think right. for me, it's just the whole high school hairy attitude thing. Mm -hmm. That's how a gym teacher is like, come on, guys. Uh. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I don't know how that rah rah will translate. But he has been in the business for over a decade or so. So I, I, obviously, it has. As a head coach, I don't know, but as a position coach, he clearly was able to get the job done. All right. Well, like I said, every time I talk to you, you, you definitely make me feel better and better about the guy. But then I see him and I'm like, right. Man, no, I get you. I, get you. I had to I had to kind of like tone down his intensity in my head so I could listen to his words. And so okay. when I was able to kind of do that, I was like, oh, this is a really smart guy. He just gets like me. Like when I get passionate about my topic that I'm going, sometimes I'm talking so fast i don't realize i've said a lot when i was trying to be way more concise i just get caught up in the flow and so i can if i'm taking the time and i'm like okay because it really did take me some time i'm gonna be 100 honest tremaine knows i wasn't really feeling nick sirianni and honestly i'm not a hundred percent sold on the guy i'm just closer to not bow beating him every time i hear him um just because he's, he's, the point that, he's the coach Right. There's no point of beating him down because he's a coach, and regardless, right. we're going to watch as fans. Now, right. early in the pod, I know you said you're not really putting much energy into the Eagles this year because you feel like, first of all, they're not putting that much energy into it, and you kind of feel like this year won't go that well uh, record-wise. So mm -hmm. what will be a successful uh, 2021 season for you? How are you gauging it? 
That is a really great question. Honestly, I was just going to vibe out this season. I was going to laugh at everything because honestly, it's very, it's comical to me um, that the Eagles still walk around like their shit don't stink when they really have been showing their asses for the last three and a half seasons. So it's just, it's just funny to me that we still kind of walk around like big man on campus mode when we haven't even sniffed out anything since, um, 2017. But, um, a successful season to me would be if Jalen were able to solidify himself as a, uh, starter that would be that would be a successful season to me I'm not so much worried about the win loss record because we're just there's just too many holes and Howie Roseman's not good at the draft and I I don't I, like I would really probably wait until training camp before I would actually be like closer to giving like a solid concrete answer but just in general if Jalen can make it through 16 games with his style of play, that would really show me something because I, I honestly don't think he can. And whenever I see Jalen, I'm, I'm sometimes taken back to Mike Vick and how electric and exciting and crazy that whole thing was. But then once he started getting injured, it just wasn't as fun anymore. You know, it was just like, damn, like ugh, another injury. Damn, another injury. About you know, so. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly how it was. Right. So so I, I just I don't know. I just can't help but see that aspect in Jalen. Um, hopefully I'm wrong. But when you're a running QB, you have to be ready for the hit, especially nowadays. You know, they, they really trying to punish running QBs. Yeah, I know for me, I'm with you. It's not really a, a win loss record thing with me. Me personally, I just want to see the organization get more organized. I, I want to mm -hmm. see whatever moves we make make sense. Mm -hmm. And I want to see whatever moves we make seem like they're building on top of each exactly. other to build a foundation so we can move in one direction. Mm -hmm. So basically I'm starting at the bottom. I just want to see this right. team making some progress moving right. forward. So even whatever, like I said, whatever we do in the draft, I just hope it makes sense. And I hope it is a step in the right direction to, 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 to move the draft forward. Mm -hmm. Now, like, like you, I didn't really enjoy last season. Um, I was super disconnected, mm -hmm. um, especially not being able to go to the games and having to watch it here. Mm -hmm. It was almost a distraction. Since I'm here, I'm home. I got my friends here. I got all the food. We got liquor. If I was watching these games at the game, oh, I, I would have really hit it last season. Mm -hmm. But really, I can honestly say my highlight of last season was <laughs> hanging out with my friends and being in the crib. Absolutely. And I kind of like what that did to me this year let me know that I ain't got to go to every game. Because mm -hmm. you know, I used to swear I had to be in, 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 at the link every game. Right. I would, hit a, I would hit a couple of away games, you know. So next year, I'm not, bu I'm not buying nothing new. Mm -mm. I'm not spending money. I'm, I'm guessing by then, you know, the stadiums will be open. I'm not going to every game. If I do go to a mm -hmm. game, it'll be an away game because we're not, like you said, we walk around big man on campus. We got the highest tickets in the league. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we got the highest tickets in the league. And like you said, we haven't done anything mm -hmm. since 2017. So like I said, I, I agree with you. I just want to see this, this team moving in the right direction, but in the back of my mind, and I kind of uh, spoke about this with, with a guest a couple weeks ago, we are the Philadelphia Eagles in my lifetime and through my fan experience. We we're never this terrible back to back. Like right. when, we had our, when we had our dream team year or when we had a down year, we was always able to bounce back. And with the division being what the division is, I think we're always going to be relevant or in contention for at least the whole season. Mm -hmm. So no matter how bad we are, sort of, like, sort of like last year, it was always interesting because we were always a game where we could always right. at least make the playoffs. And right. I'm always for making the playoffs. I never want to miss the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Because it's just su such an exciting thing having not only a playoff game, but a mm -hmm. home playoff game. Mm -hmm. So with all that being said, 
I still think we can make out to be eight and eight and be in contention because just of my fan experience. Right. No, no. I, and, and, and now that they added a game and they oh, added yeah, a playoff yeah. spot, I think it, it makes it a little bit easier mm-hmm. probably for us to sneak in. Um, just in general, me, myself, I am tired of single digit win seasons. I'm just, I'm tired of it. I remember when um, Howie Roseman, not Howie, uh, Andy Reid was giving us back to back 10, uh, 11 and three, 11 and four. You know what I'm saying? A, a, a big, big double digit win seasons. That's what I would consider consistent success whenever we're back able to get back into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, I just, I really doubt the Howie's ability to do that in his tenure with the team over 10 years. Um, I know he's had his hiatus, whatever, but over his tenure, tenure as GM back and forth, he has had only one, um, um, back-to-back uh, double-digit win season, and that was when he was with Chip, and they was power struggling that entire time. So one of those years, he didn't even make the playoffs. We, we went ten and six, both right? Years. And didn't make the playoffs, right? And it was a whole started thing. Out, started out nine and three and finished. <laughs> 10 and six, like. right? It was, it was, it was, it was absolutely insane. But that was just because there was so much dysfunction. Because Howie's very bad with the interpersonal relationship. So to me, it's just like it's only a matter of time before all the goodwill. Like that's that's the thing that Howie is really best known for. He is able to generate goodwill with new people. When he has a fresh start with the new people, he's very able to generate the goodwill, and and that energy does propel. It forward, so I could see us winning eight games just based off of the new fresh blood and everything like that. But then once everything kind of settles, is that the high mark? Like, like, honest to goodness, what will happen? I, I, I almost like it's one of those things where I'm almost saying like, what would be better for Eagles psyche? Would it be better for our psyche for us to? be another four and 11 team, get into the top five, top 10, and, you know, be able to, to try to, you know, reset that way and, and really understand that this team is a while away from competing because we have some sincere, sincere foundational issues or win nine, maybe 10 games, sneak into the, and continue to delude yourself into thinking. Cause I think that's what the Eagles are doing. We continue to delude ourselves into thinking we're only a player away here, a player away there, a situation here, a situation there from being back in the big show. And it's, and honestly, I just, I just don't see that to be the case. I think we have sincere, sincere, systemic foundational issues in the Philadelphia organization that will never be um, completely excised until Howie Roseman is gone. A new GM is in place and they can create better boundaries and have actual collaboration in the decision-making process. No, I agree with you 100%. And um, me personally, I'd rather win eight, nine games and just keep coming close and keep coming close. But my thing about winning eight, nine games is you actually got to know where you are. Mm-hmm. You can't just say, hey, we won nine games or hey, we made the playoffs. Like, yeah, you made the playoffs because you won five games in the worst division in your uh, in the division. So my thing is, no matter what we do, you just need, it's all about self-awareness. Just know who you are mm-hmm. if, you, if you win the playoffs. But, but that's what I'm saying. If, if we win eight, nine games and sneak to the playoffs, what Philly, name, name me the last time Philly had some self-awareness. Well, that's true too. But at the end of the day, you like everybody else. You just want Howie fired. So some people right. rather go three and 
three and thirteen. <laughs> right. No, whatever it takes. For real, for real. If if it because I know for a fact, and this is something that that you you mentioned the fact that you know no fans in the stands, so it kind of changed the dynamic of the 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 atmosphere of watching games. I know for a fact, had there been fans in the stands for that four eleven and one season, Howie Roseman would not have his job. Okay, because there's no way Jeff Lurie went way that he was looking so angry all the time watching the damn games that he's hearing these chants of fire Howie, fire Howie, fire Howie, and retains that man. There's just there's just no way. So um, in my mind, us having the same record and then the fans are in the stands will get me exactly what I want. Yeah, you want that man fired. All right, before I get you out of here, I'm going so bad. Before I get you out of here, we're going to play a quick game. And like I said, it's only April. It's the Tuesday for the draft. I'm about to go through the schedule. And you tell me win or loss. That's all I want to hear. Okay. I want to hear. We'll see where we end up at. I'm going to go through first the home games because the schedule actually comes out what? Uh, May 12th. May 12th. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we don't know when these games are. We're going to go through home and away. So we're going to start with home. Cowboys. Win. Giants. Win. Washington. Loss. These are all home. Okay. Mm-hmm. So two, two and one. Kansas City. Loss. Two and two. Chargers. Loss. Two and three. Saints. Win. Beat them last year. They ain't having that again. Okay. You say win? Three and two. But, uh-huh. but you said it's a home, it's a home game, right? The home game, yep. They don't have no quarterback, so that's why I I, I like. Win. All right, so we at two and three. Mm-hmm. San Fran at home. Mm. San Fran. We're not betting no money. Win, win. We 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 got San Fran's number. We got San Fran's number. Depending on their QB. Depending on their QB. You acting like we betting money or something, girl. Right, I'm just, I'm, try, I'm really trying to give it my, my full thought process because I'm thinking All to right. myself, wait a minute, I already gave us four wins. I guess they're losing the rest. Tampa at the crib, Tampa at home. Oh, lost. All right, so you got us going four and four at home. Yeah. All right, so here we go. Away games, Cowboys. One win, one loss. So that's a loss. Okay, Giants. We're winning all the Giants games. I don't fear the Giants ever win. Okay, Washington. If Ryan Fitzpatrick is still the QB, lost. Damn, okay. So you got it. Ryan uh, Fitzpatrick has our number. I'm just saying. Just being honest. I was honest. there at that game, too, down there in Tampa. I was there. Mm, I was there at that game, too, bro. <laughs> that was terrible. I was so mad. He started out with the 65-yard bomb to Deshaun. I said, man. Yeah, I, I, I was like, like down here. I was like, shit, it's going to be a long day, bro. And then when he, and then in the, um, the, uh, the Dolphins game, because I live in Miami, so I was there at the Dolphins game where we was whooping oh, okay. that ass. Yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah. And then the motherfucker came back. The wheels fell off that thing. Oh, I, I, was, I was disgusted. All right, so you got his beating Dallas, beating the Giants. Um, so that's 2-0. At home, you said Washington two and one because because um Fitzpatrick. No, 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 no. I have a split in Dallas, so one win, one I'm going, loss. I'm going through the wayside right now. I'm going through the wayside. Oh, okay, I say. So, so two and one with the loss to Washington, Atlanta. If somebody got a number, she lost. Atlanta. Two and two in a row so far. Carolina win. 
three and two. Denver. Mm, win, depending on the QB. Four and two. Detroit. Mm, loss. Okay, Vegas. Loss. Jets. Win. All right, so you got to win in nine games. Nine out of 17. Mm. All right, so look, it's only because we added that 17 game, bro. <laughs> and the, the crazy thing about this division, I think you got us going like, well, I think you said maybe two losses in the division. So we should be there. We should be there. So yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Because I don't, you, I'm going to be honest. I, look, at the end of the day, I'm an Eagles fan, okay? I might shit on my team, but I'm also going to go, go be protecting them, you know? So to me, I, I I think the Washington. I think actually no. I think we'll lose three division games. We'll lose one Cowboys game, and we'll lose both of the Washington football game. Um, but I don't fear the Giants. I've never feared the Giants. Yeah, um, that I'm, will. Yeah, I'm a little older than you. My my lifetime, we've been whooping their ass my whole life, so I'm I'm never really worried about the Giants. So correct. We have been whooping their ass, <laughs> even with Eli Manning, who is the greatest quarterback they ever had. Yeah, we was yeah. whooping that ass. So I, I just, I just don't fear them. Mm-hmm. All right, Afi, I appreciate you for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Tremaine. And again, uh, please don't forget to check out Three Birds and a Punt. We're having a Zoom draft party on Thursday. You can DM me at According to Afia for the link or DM the the pod on Twitter at Three Birds and a Punt. It starts at 7 p.m. We want to be there. We want to have so much chaos and so much conversation. We want to get engaged with Eagles fans. And if you want to read any of my mental health work, you can always check out my blog at According to Afia. You can check me out on Twitter at According to Afia as well. Thank you so much, Jermaine. I really enjoyed the conversation. As always, appreciate you. This ain't Rocket Science for episode 75. We out.